Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 29. Thanks for listening. This may turn out to be what is referred to one day decades from now as the fabled lost episode of Atari Bytes, and here's why. As I was settling in this evening to record this fine podcast, I opened my internet browser to check something on my host, Libsyn, and I didn't get there because as soon as I clicked on the browser, the internet unleashed unholy Armageddon on my computer. Warning bells start going off, the screen turns red, flashing things, warning me, don't turn off your browser or the world will end. Call this number, you need to call this number to get a technician to fix something or other, and the browser will not do anything other than make that noise and put that message on the screen. The rest of the computer works. And as we speak, I have my virus software scanning the system, and so far it's not finding anything, but it is very obviously some sort of malware that has infected my computer, even though I have security. So, as I record this episode tonight, I have no idea how I'm going to actually upload it to my host to distribute it to all you fine people. So for all I know, as I record this, I am talking to no one about a video game tonight, and that's more true than ever, because... From my wife's point of view, basically I just sit here every week and talk to myself, and she might actually be right this time. So, hello, alien overlords in the year 2216. It's me, Bill, from the year 2016. How you doing? Please stop enslaving the human race. It's not cool. Alright. In other news, there really is no other news. Well, I guess I could give you an Atari movie update, but... No, I haven't been called to write a movie... As far as I know, Atari's still working on a movie about Centipede and Missile Command, but no, they haven't called. <sighs> well, there's always next week. Power of positive thinking. Alright, well, let's close up the old news bag. I was trying to mix mailbag and news bag there. And instead, let's talk about this week's game. This week's game is Jungle Hunt, an Atari game from 1983. This is what I actually have the manual for. So we get to see the Dorothy picture of the Jungle Hunter on the front cover. And we are invited to swing into action with Jungle Hunt, the arcade hit. I don't ever remember playing this in the arcade. I would be kind of curious to see what it looks like you know, in, a, in an arcade form. Spoiler, whatever else I'm going to say about the game, I do kind of like the look of it. It is a pretty good looking game. The images are rendered pretty well, you pretty much know what everything is. And it's lots of good color that actually, for the most part, kind of fits with the scene. You know, the, the sky isn't purple and the the background isn't, you know, pink or anything. It pretty much fits with a jungle, maybe Amazonian or desert island scene of some sort. So, the object of Jungle Hunt, reading from the manual, is to rescue Sir Dashley's kidnapped mate who, after hours of valiant fighting, was overpowered by two man-eating, in parentheses, and woman-eating, close parentheses, savages. Yeah, there's a couple of cringeworthy things in there, but this was 1983. To rescue Lady P, you'll have to make your way past four sets of obstacles. The vines of the deadly forest, the crocodiles of Reptile River, a landslide of bouncing boulders, and the spears of the two masked cannibals. You'll score points for each obstacle. Sir Dashley successfully overcomes. 
You'll also score points for rescuing Lady P. You'll be scoring with Lady P. That was 12-year-old me. Hi, 12-year-old me. Since jungle hunting is a dangerous business, you are given five lives at the start of the game. The number of lives remaining is shown on the upper left of your screen. See figure one. At 10,000 points, you are given one extra life. If you survive that long. Ooh, the man was kind of trolling us a little bit. I like it. When you begin the game, you are given 500 seconds. That's weird. To reach Lady Penelope. A timer counts down the seconds until you reach her. You'll score more bonus points to, for rescuing her quickly, so don't dawdle while you're jumping vines or avoiding crocodiles. The obstacles you encounter in your adventure are Deadly Forest. The Deadly Forest is a swinging place. Eh, the Deadly Forest is a swinging place once you get to know it. Here you'll test your coordination and timing as you jump from vine to vine. Since some vines swing faster than others, you'll have to time your leaps carefully. Make a wrong move and Sir Dashley is finished. Reptile River. The Reptile River is filled with schools of cantankerous crocodiles. Make Sir Dashley swim out of the way or fend them off with his knife. Beware of any crocodile with, with its mouth fully open. His knife will be useless against it. Because bad breath repels knives? Most of the crocodiles swim in groups of three, but occasionally you'll find a rogue crocodile swimming alone. Rogue crocodiles are worth more points than other crocodiles. Watch out for them. They swim more erratically than the other crocodiles and often drop down when you least expect it. Use your joystick to steer Dudley underwater, but keep your eyes on the air meter at the top of your screen. If Dudley is still underwater when the meter runs out, he'll have to breathe water, and you'll lose a life. Boulder Field After you successfully cross Reptile River, you'll encounter a landslide of tumbling boulders. There are two sizes of boulders, small rolling rocks and large bouncing boulders. Leap over the small rocks to avoid getting crushed. Larger boulders are harder to avoid. You'll have to leap over, run under, or duck beneath them to keep out of their way. Cannibal Camp. You're finally within reach of Lady Penelope, but she's being guarded by spear-wheeling savages. You must guide our hero over the spears of the savages and run to the waiting arms of Lady Penelope. Watch out for the tips of the spears. They're poisoned. After a tearful reunion with his beloved wife, Sir Dashley returns to the deadly forest for the next level of play. The game becomes increasingly difficult as you move on to higher levels. You can continue to play until you run out of players, or until the timer runs out. So you're forced to relive this drama over and over again? It's like Roland Deschain in the Dark Tower. Spoiler. Let's see, you're using your joystick with this game, obviously. Um, be sure the controller cable's firmly plugged into the left control. Left controller jack. Hold the joystick. Ah, my favorite instruction's back! Hold the joystick with the red controller button to your upper left, toward the television screen. <laughs> yeah! I've been very confused since the last time I had a manual of that instruction in it. Um, use the red button to make Dudley jump from vine to vine in the Deadly Forest. At the end of the forest, press the button to enter Reptile River. Use the joystick to move Dudley in any direction in Reptile River. Use the red button to stab crocodiles. In Boulder Field, use the joystick to make Dudley run forward and backward. To make Dudley duck beneath a boulder, simply pull back on the joystick. Make Dudley jump over boulders by pressing the red button. My technique is typically to try and jump over rather than run under the large boulders, it seems to work better. Cannibal Camp. Use the joystick to run Dudley back and forth. Use the red button to make Dudley jump over the cannibals. Let's see. Ah, some strategy. The faster you reach Lady P, the more bonus points you'll receive. So don't waste any time getting to her. The Deadly Forest can be especially time-consuming. Practice jumping from vine to vine as quickly as possible. A crocodile's underbelly is particularly vulnerable. Try to come from beneath when stabbing one. Since rogue crocodiles are worth up to three times more points than the crocodiles swimming in groups, Try to stab them when possible. Watch out, though. The rogues move more erratically than the other crocodiles and can easily hit you before you're ready. 
If you wish to conserve lives, simply avoid the crocodiles instead of stabbing them. For an extra lift, when jumping over boulders and cannibals, push your joystick forward after you make Sir Dashley jump. Not only will he jump higher, but he'll also stay aloft longer. To score extra points, try jumping over the larger boulders. You'll get up to four times more points than ducking or running beneath them. Time your jump carefully, though, since large boulders bounce higher than small boulders. I just forget a part, the part about uh, the extra lift when you jump over the boulders and the cannibals. So that's a good note to remember. So, that's the manual, I guess, and wait- Oh! Wait a minute! What is this? Is that a little story I see? Ladies and gentlemen, we at Atari Bytes always get very excited when, after week upon week of trying to make up a story for the games that we talked about on this show, Atari actually deigns to give us a story. So, we are thrilled to see one show up, and we have one. So get ready. It's Jungle Hunt story time. <coughs> I better take a sip of wine here. A savage problem. Oh, wait. I, I better do this right. right. <coughs> Let me introduce myself. Sir Dudley Dashley is the name, and big game hunting is my game. It was, anyway, until yesterday afternoon at four o'clock, tea time, you know, when my wife, Lady Penelope Dashley, Lady P for short, was kidnapped from camp. It simply ruined my whole tea service. Seems that a couple of savages saw Lady P and decided to cook her up for their own tea. Soon after Penelope was captured, the jungle drums started beating. My porters translated the message. They tell me it's some sort of jungle memo. To the Cannibal Community, from the Cannibal Restaurant Society, regarding tea time. We have a special on today's menu. Our soup du jour is English woman broth, made fresh today and served promptly at four o'clock. Don't miss this special tea time treat, brought overseas from the wilds of England. Directions to today's meal are as follows. Take eleven vines through the deadly forest, turn right into Reptile River, go past fourteen crocodiles and emerge on the edge of the boulder field. Run through the boulder field until you reach Cannibal Camp. Jump past the two guards, watch out for spear tips, turn left, and you're there. Bon appétit! Alright, so we've got the setup for our game, right? Sir Dudley Dashley, famed English adventurer, is lost in the jungle, and his wife, the amazing Lady P, has probably peed herself after being unceremoniously kidnapped by... Mm. Maybe we could find something better to call them than savages, but there you go. So, after the break, we'll grab our blunderbuss, mustache wax for our handlebar mustache, and mutton chops, and put the pithy in pith helmet. Deadly Dashley at your service. The fair lady Penelope has been cannibal napped. I will not stand for this, and I will see her returned unharmed, or my name isn't Sir Dudley Dashley, which I said already, if you were listening. If I'm wrong, then I'll pith in my pith helmet. Righto, carry on. Leap. I say, leaping across these vines is tricky business. Especially in my cute little shorts. 
Oh, fierce alligators. Ooh. My torso is very pink. A little sunscreen would not have been a bad idea before going on this adventure. Ooh. I just became a croc munchie. Just lovely landscape. The seabed is a little weird. But the rolling waves are impressive. Ha! $300 alligator right there. The little stabbing motion makes him look more like one of the sharks or the jets from West Side Story than a fierce jungle adventurer like I am. Oh, he got me again. The alligator section is somewhat exciting for a few moments, but it goes on a little too long. If you ask me... Ooh, boulder time! Not to be confused with burger time. It's like... The jungle was on... One of those people movers at the airport. Because you're running, but the landscape is running faster than you. Tiny boulder? Big boulder! Tiny boulder? Tiny boulder? Big boulder! Oh, ow. That hurt. There's something in the trees. Canopy up above. That kind of looks like bananas? Big boulder! Whew. Oh. Little headhunter time. Can he do it? I'm coming, Penelope! No, run away! Ooh! He stomped all over my butt. I say, don't you know who I am? I am Sir Dudley Dashley. Stop waving that spear at me. Oh! Penelope, I have failed you! Well, back to you in the studio. So, Sir Dudley Dashley is no pitfall Harry, is he? Also, this game is a bit of a period piece, to be sure. The colonial era, which this game sort of invokes by the look of Sir Dudley Dashley and the whole porters and tea time in the jungle bit, um, seems to call to mind the colonial era, is, which is a problematic setting for a game. Um, there's a bit of sexism in the manual, certainly. A little bit of cringeworthy stuff bordering, if not outright uh, racist. The dancing cannibal and much talk of savages and all that. Surely there was no um, intent to be, be um, inappropriate. But it certainly runs up to the line of inappropriate. Um, maybe even for 1983. But, you know... Never mind all that. Pitfall Harry, or Pitfall, came out from... I'm not going to dwell on the potential issues with not being politically correct, with the term savages and so forth. I'm going to focus on the gameplay and what I think the story might be for the game. 
Pitfall came out from Activision in 1982, the year before Jungle Hunt. My brain really wants to compare and contrast these two games because they're both jungle adventure games. But the experience of playing the two games is really quite different. Where Pitfall feels a little more serious in what it's doing, um, has it just feels more elegant in its simplicity. Um, it's sort of like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark compared to the rollicking adventure of Jungle Hunt being more like maybe uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right? They're both jungle adventures with a dashing hero, but where Pitfall is very, uh, by the numbers, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Um, jungle Hunt's got that too, but it's a lot livelier. You're, the jumps are higher. The, the swimming is, is more active. You're wrestling with alligators. You're leaping over things. You're dodging other things. It feels more more like a rollicking adventure. I played both these games. I, I had both these games as a kid. Uh, I never played Jungle Hunt in the arcade, so I can't really speak to what it looked like in the arcade. I liked them both. Uh, I played them both. My heart was probably with Pitfall, though. Well, in Jungle Hunt, it's a thrill to make it through the alligators, which has always been the hardest part for me, and especially hard especially uh, exciting to make it over both those savages leaping around before you get to Lady P. That's always great. But, you know, in my heart, there's nothing that beats the sound of Atari's sound card playing the Tarzan yell as you swing on a vine in Pitfall. Nothing's ever going to replace that. There, I said it. And now, the rest of the story. A story has five parts. We all know that. Quickly reviewing. The introduction, where you set things up. Set the stage for the action that's going to come. The rising action, which is the action that follows. As things are getting into motion. You head towards the peak of the story, which is the climax, where protagonist and antagonist collide. Sort of the decisive moment in the story. Then you have the falling action, which is basically picking up the pieces after the climax. And then finally the resolution or denouement. Uh, basically the end of the story. Everything just wrapped up. Hopefully with a nice little bow on it. Or not, if that's your thing. If you like open-ended endings, that's fine too. So, here's how I conceive what's really going on in Jungle Hunt. I will, I will do my best uh, British colonial accent. They kept insisting it was an uncharted island. But it's right there, we'd tell them, my wife Lady Penelope Dashley and I. Nope, they'd say and float away, enjoying martinis and cigars. Well, I didn't become Sir Dudley Dashley by listening to fools. This island is perfect for our luxury resort, where guests can relax and, of course, shoot things. My lovely wife and I decide to check it out. Alright, so that's the basis for the story, right? Sir Dudley Dashley and his wife, Lady Penelope, are out exploring. There's a jungle-filled island that they're going to check out. Here comes the rising action. Things are starting to happen now. Not only is it an uncharted island that should be declared charted, it's an unpopulated island that should be declared populated. There are seven decidedly odd folks living here. They seem friendly enough chaps and ladies, though. I approach the obvious leader and he immediately demands to know the price we're offering for the island. It's a bit gauche, but I appreciate his business sense. But then when I asked about the island's flora and fauna, 
He becomes bored and refers me to a chap called the Professor, but he mostly just bores me. At this point, I notice a military officer flirting shamelessly with my wife. You, sir, are a cad and a bounder, I tell him. We're leaving. Only it turns out not to be quite as easy as all that. The redhead distracts me with some cheap floozery, while the unassuming little farm drill steals the keys to our runabout. The nerve! She gives the keys to a skinny man in a ridiculous white hat, and this young man runs quick as a jet rabbit, and the chase is on. Alright, so we've met our antagonists, right? These seven mysterious people living on this uncharted desert island. We've had our conflict, right? We know that we're going to be fighting with these guys. And now, Sir Dudley and his wife can't leave because they don't have the keys to their boat. Here comes the climax. I've chased gazelles across the Serengeti. Rhinos on the plain. Penelope after a few too many mint juleps at the summer cotillion. But this boy could move. He screams across the vines. Literally swinging like a monkey and yelling like Tarzan. He leaps into the river, then leaps out screaming about alligators and comically tries to walk across the water. I scoff, but he actually does it. I consider walking across the alligator heads like my friend Piffhall Harry showed me. But instead, I throw a caution to the wind and jump into the river, machete at the ready. I needed a new pair of boots anyway. Next, what I think is a wide beach, turns into an obstacle course when the skinny little man starts hurling massive boulders in my direction. How is he doing that? What devil's spawn is possessing this island? I manage to leap and dodge to victory. I've got him now. There's nowhere to run. But we're at the volcano's edge. And suddenly my blood runs cold as I spy a savage headhunter blocking my path. Poison spear at the ready. Well, I'm loath to admit it, but I fainted dead away. I awaken moments later, thanks to the smelling salts Penelope always has on hand. My dear wife is standing over me. The headhunter is standing there, too. I shriek, then realize it's only the boy in a dress skirt and seashell necklace. I've been had. Fine, I say. We'll take you off the island with us. The buffoons all cheer, stupid Americans. Alright, so the climax. We fought the, uh, the seven people evidently stuck on this island. That's a weird concept. And they, they fought it out, and they've come to a resolution, meaning they, they've resolved their difference, they've had their fight, they've called their truce. Now, we start to pick up the pieces. Falling action. While the imbeciles pack, they really have a lot of possessions for castaways. I get them all drunk on celebratory toast with the brandy we keep in the boat for emergencies. While they sleep it off, Penelope steals back the boat keys, and we make our getaway. Okay? Now we're gliding into the dock on the shore of Resolution Denimon. Back in civilization, the boys at the club ask how investigating my resort idea on the island went. They say it with a wink and a nudge. They thought I was a fool, but I will not give them the satisfaction. Whatever do you mean? I asked, puffing on my cigar. What island? We all laugh and order another round of brandy. I invest my money in alligator apparel instead. And the rest are here on Jungle Hunt Isle. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his song, 
Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. Probably a bunch of other places, too. Do please leave a review. Every time you do, a castaway gets rescued from a desert isle. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Find show notes at ataribytes.lipson.com. Like the Atari Bytes page on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can support the show financially on our Patreon page and by buying Atari Bytes stuff on our Zazzle.com store. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. A new episode drops on the 15th of every month. If you enjoy Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Pitpen, Marcy, Peppermint Patty, uh, Rerun, Schroeder, Pitpen, who I already said, but I'll say him twice because he's cool, Woodstock, Franklin, Roy, Shermie, Violet, Patty, uh, Selma, Bart, Homer, wait, I think I might have thrown in a couple extra ones there. But if you like these crazy animated adventures, you should be listening to It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. If you're not, you're clearly failing at life. Next week on Atari Bytes, Popeye! So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.